Want to write a novel but not sure where to start? Grab a copy of my free story starter kit workbook by going to savannagilbo.com forward slash starter kit. In this free multi-page guide, I'll walk you through the first five questions to ask and answer before writing any story. You'll get clarity on your characters, your setting, your theme, your plot, and so much more. So one more time, go to savannagilbo.com forward slash starter kit to grab your free copy. The first thing you need to know about writing a well-structured scene is that every scene needs to start with a point-of-view character's goal. So what does this person want to achieve or accomplish or learn in this scene? Or what are they trying to do? And this could literally be anything. It could be as simple as your character wanting to go down to the river to fill up a bucket of water so that he can make breakfast. Or it can be as complex as your character wanting to confront and defeat the evil Dark Lord. So that's the first thing. Your point of view character needs to have a goal. And then those five commandments come in and help you create a mini arc of change through the conflict that your character faces. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. Whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to write a well-structured scene. First, we're going to talk about what a scene is and what a scene is not so that we're all on the same page. And then we're going to walk through my favorite method for structuring a scene. And I'll show you how this structure shows up in a scene from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I'm really excited about this episode because it's been one of the most requested topics since I started this podcast. Not only that, but for me personally, learning how to write a well-structured scene was a game changer. And I know I'm not alone in saying that because it's often a huge aha moment for all the writers I work with one-on-one as well. So anyway, no matter what genre you're writing in, I think you're going to love this episode. So what is a scene? Well, if you've ever looked this up on Google or in any kind of writing book, you've probably realized that there's a ton of different answers about what a scene actually is. But the definition I see most often is some version of this. A scene is a moment in time or a unit of action that takes place in one setting that features a specific cast of characters and is told from one person's point of view. When either the setting or the cast of characters changes or the point of view changes, the scene is over. And for the most part, that's true, but it leaves out something that's really important. And that is that in a scene, something must change. So a scene starts in one place and ends up somewhere else, whether that be a physical location, a mental state, a difference in a relationship, or a different amount of knowledge. So in other words, there has to be an arc of change in each one of your scenes, just like in your global story. So here's my slightly revised definition of what a scene is. A scene is a unit of story that takes place in more or less continuous time and space, features a specific cast of characters, is told from one point of view, and contains an arc of change from beginning to end. So now that we're on the same page about what a scene is, let's talk about a few things that scenes are not. So scenes are not lengthy descriptions of the setting, the characters, or the weather. A scene is not a bunch of characters or even one character sitting around musing or reflecting about life or something that just happened. A scene is not a bunch of random events that don't add up to the global story. 
A scene is not filled with info dumps or chunks of backstory that include explanations of things that happened in the character's childhood or their parents' lives or even a list of reasons why the character is doing whatever it is they're doing. So those are just a few things to keep in mind when it comes to writing well-structured scenes. And speaking of, now let's talk about how to write a well-structured scene. And to do that, we're going to use something called the Five Commandments that originally came from Sean Coyne over at the Story Grid. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably know that I'm a Story Grid certified editor, and these five commandments are one of my absolute favorite tools in my writing toolbox. I love using them in my own writing, and they're usually a big hit with the writers I work with one-on-one or in my notes to novel course. So anyway, let's dive into that now. The first thing you need to know about writing a well-structured scene is that every scene needs to start with a point of view character's goal. So what does this person want to achieve or accomplish or learn in this scene? Or what are they trying to do? And this could literally be anything. It could be as simple as your character wanting to go down to the river to fill up a bucket of water so that he can make breakfast. Or it can be as complex as your character wanting to confront and defeat the evil Dark Lord. So that's the first thing. Your point of view character needs to have a goal. And then those five commandments come in and help you create a mini arc of change through the conflict that your character faces. So let's go over each one of those commandments. And then we're going to look at an example of how these show up in a scene from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Commandment number one is that there needs to be an inciting incident. And this is really just the first thing that gets in the way of your character accomplishing his or her goal. So it's that first bit of conflict or the first unexpected thing that happens as he or she pursues their scene goal. Now, at this stage, the inciting incident can cause your character to come up with a new scene goal or it can cause your character to adjust their original scene goal. So that's commandment number one. There needs to be an inciting incident or something unexpected that gets in the way of your character pursuing their original scene goal. Commandment number two is that there needs to be progressive complications that lead to a turning point. I did a whole episode on progressive complications. It's episode number 21, and I will link to that in the show notes for you. But really, I like to focus on the turning point for this commandment. So what is a turning point? Well, a turning point is a moment where the conflict reaches its peak and the character can no longer go after their scene goal in the way they had originally planned. So it's kind of like the final straw. They've faced so much conflict now or so many obstacles that things can no longer go according to plan. And turning points can show up in one of two ways. You can have an active turning point or a revelatory turning point. An active turning point just means that something happened in the physical world that acts as the peak moment of conflict and causes a change in plans. A revelatory turning point happens when the character gains new information or realizes something based on new information that changes the circumstances or plans. So anyway, that's commandment number two. There needs to be progressive complications that lead to a turning point. Commandment number three is that there needs to be a crisis moment or a moment where your character faces a decision about how to move forward. So after the turning point comes in and ruins your character's plans for achieving their scene goal, they have to decide what to do next. Will they do X or will they do Y? And ideally, you want these options to carry the same weight. So ideally, they're equally bad options or equally good options. And the reason for that is because if you have to choose between a good thing and a bad thing, you're obviously going to choose the good thing, right? It's a predictable decision. 
If you had to choose between two equally bad or two equally good choices, then that's when things start to get interesting. And not only that, but this is one of the main ways you can show readers who your characters are through the decisions that they make. We're going to talk about this more when we look at an example later, but for now, just remember that in every scene, your character needs to face a decision between X and Y, and ideally, the choices are either equally bad or equally good. And not only that, but there needs to be something at stake with either option too. So if they choose X, what do they stand to lose or gain? If they choose Y, what do they stand to lose or gain? This is how you're going to make things interesting in each and every scene. So anyway, that's commandment number three. There needs to be a crisis moment or a moment where your character faces a decision about how to move forward in each and every scene. Commandment number four is that there needs to be a climax or a moment where your character acts on their choice. So this is when your character takes action. Did they choose X or did they choose Y? And in most cases, you'll want your point of view character to be the one taking action or making the decision here. Otherwise, you risk creating a character that has no agency, and when that happens too much, it starts to feel like the story belongs to another character. So anyway, that's commandment number four. There needs to be a climax in each scene or a moment where your character takes action on their choice. Commandment number five is that there needs to be a resolution. So basically, this is a moment when we get a glimpse into how your character's decision worked out for him or her. So how do they feel now that they've acted on their choice? Do they feel confident? Do they regret their decision? Do they wish they could have been a little more brave? Were there immediate consequences for whatever they chose to do? And this is also where you can establish that sense of forward momentum into the next scene. So now that everything in this scene has happened, and now that they've made a specific decision, what's their plan? Sometimes we get a glimpse of their plan in the climax, but other times characters will formulate a plan here in the resolution. So anyway, that's commandment number five. There needs to be a resolution in each and every scene. And that's it. That's how you write a well-structured scene. You have a point of view character that has a goal. And then you throw those five commandments in their way and voila, you have a mini arc of change. Now, the one thing I want to draw your attention to before we get into the example of the five commandments in action is that just because there's a mini arc of change or just because each of these five commandments are present in your scenes, that doesn't always mean that your scene warrants its space in your novel. So I did a whole episode on value shifts. It's episode number nine, and that episode talks about how to make sure the arc of change in each and every one of your scenes is meaningful. So after you listen to this episode, I highly recommend checking that episode out so that you can make the best use of your scene writing time. And I will link to that episode in the show notes for you too. Okay, so now let's look at the five commandments in action. And to do that, we're going to use the scene in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone when Harry and the rest of the first years get sorted into their schoolhouses. And just in case it's been a while since you've read this book or seen this movie, in this scene, Harry has just arrived at Hogwarts and Professor McGonagall announces that the new group of first year students will be sorted into their schoolhouses before dinner. And Harry is nervous because he doesn't want to be the center of attention when it's his turn to be sorted. And he's also a bit nervous about what's going to happen if the sorting hat doesn't think he belongs in any house. So what happens if nobody wants him? Or what if he has to go back to the Dursleys? And then when it's Harry's turn to be sorted, he puts on the sorting hat and he listens as it weighs his qualities and personality traits. 
Harry starts to worry that he's going to be put in Slytherin, so he tells the hat, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. The hat takes Harry's preferences into consideration and decides to put him in Gryffindor. After that, he joins everybody else at the Gryffindor table and he listens to Dumbledore's speech and eats dinner. So Harry's goal in this scene is pretty much to get settled at Hogwarts. He and the rest of the first years just arrived, so it's all about getting settled and figuring out what's next. Now, let's look at the five commandments in this scene. The inciting incident here is that Professor McGonagall tells the first-year students that they are going to be sorted into their schoolhouses before dinner. This is the inciting incident because Harry has no idea that this is coming. He had no way of preparing for this. And this moment changes his goal slightly because now he wants to figure out where he belongs here at Hogwarts so that he can settle in properly. The turning point here is when it's Harry's turn to be sorted, and the sorting hat is seemingly having trouble figuring out which house to put him in. So because of that, Harry's crisis moment is a question of should he speak up about not wanting to be in Slytherin and risk drawing unnecessary attention to himself? Or should he let the sorting hat choose which house to put him in and risk being sorted into Slytherin? The climax is when Harry tells the sorting hat that he does not want to be in Slytherin, and the resolution is that the sorting hat puts Harry into Gryffindor, and Harry feels relieved. Now, I really like this example because to me, the five commandments and the arc of change in this scene are really clear. And not only that, but there are so many great details that show readers who Harry is in this scene. So for example, he's really worried about what's going to happen if he's not sorted into any house. He's so used to feeling like he doesn't belong with the Dursleys that it's almost become his default worldview. So maybe he doesn't really belong anywhere. And if he doesn't belong here, then does that mean he's going to have to go back to his miserable life at the Dursleys? And not only that, but we get to see the kind of person Harry is when he asks the Sorting Hat not to put him into Slytherin. We've already seen a few examples of the kind of person Malfoy is, and we know he was immediately sorted into Slytherin. And before that, Ron gave us two cents about what it all means to be sorted into Slytherin while they're waiting for McGonagall outside the Great Hall. So through Harry's choice to stand up for himself in this scene, we get a really good glimpse of the kind of person he is by this one moment of action. And that's what I meant earlier when I said that in each scene, the crisis moment is an excellent opportunity to show readers who your character is and how they change over time. So anyway, I'm going to cut myself off here because you know that I could talk about Harry Potter forever, but we don't have all that time. Now let's do a quick recap of the episode's key points before I let you go. Key point number one is that a scene is a unit of story that takes place in more or less continuous space and time, features a specific cast of characters, is told from one point of view, and has an arc of change from beginning to end. Key point number two is that a scene is not lengthy descriptions of the setting, the characters, or the weather. A scene is not characters sitting around musing or reflecting. A scene is not random events that don't add up to the global story. And a scene is not info dumps with chunks of backstory, including explanations of childhood, the character's parents' lives, or reasons why the character is doing whatever it is they're doing. Key point number three is that in order to write a well-structured scene, you need to start out with the point of view character's goal. So what does this person want to achieve or accomplish or learn in this scene, or what are they trying to do? 
Key point number four is that once you understand your point of view character's goal, you can use those five commandments to help you create a mini arc of change through the conflict that your character faces. So as a reminder, we'll go over those five commandments really quickly. Commandment number one is that there needs to be an inciting incident, which is really the first thing that gets in your character's way. Commandment number two is that there needs to be progressive complications that lead to a turning point. And remember, a turning point is a moment where the conflict reaches its peak and the character can no longer go after their scene goal in the way they had originally planned. Commandment number three is that there needs to be a crisis moment or a moment where your character faces a decision about how to move forward. And remember, we want this to be a choice between either two equally good things or two equally bad things, and there needs to be something at stake with either decision. Commandment number four is that there needs to be a climax or a moment where you show readers which choice your character has made. So this is when your character takes action. Did they choose X or did they choose Y? Commandment number five is that there needs to be a resolution or a moment where you show readers how your character's decision worked out for him or her. So how do they feel now that they've acted on their choice? Key point number five is that just because there's a mini arc of change in each scene or just because each of these five commandments are present in each one of your scenes, that doesn't always mean your scene warrants its space in your novel. In the show notes, I link to episode number nine that's all about value shifts. So that episode will walk you through how to make sure the arc of change in each and every one of your scenes is meaningful. So after you're done with this episode, you can head over there, listen to episode number nine, and that way you can make the best use of your scene writing time. Now, as a bonus exercise, I'd like to suggest grabbing a scene from your favorite book or movie and trying to identify, number one, what the character's goal is in this scene or what they're trying to do. Number two, identify those five commandments. So what's the inciting incident? What's the turning point? What's the crisis? What's the climax? And what's the resolution? And then number three, see if you can write a really quick one-sentence summary of what has changed from the beginning of the scene to the end of the scene. And you can even do this for a handful of scenes just to kind of get the rhythm of how these five commandments show up. I do this exercise with a lot of the writers I work with, and it's something that I still find fun to do, especially when, let's say, I'm reading a new book for the first time and there's a specific scene that I really like or that's really moving to me. I will go in and break down these five commandments to understand better how this scene works and why I enjoyed it so much. So just a little bonus exercise that I highly recommend you do for at least one scene if you really want to master writing a well-structured scene. So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.